Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, before we get into this episode, I'm just going to jump in here to let you know that um, there was a little bit of technical issues with this one on Tiss's end. So uh, for the middle portion of the show, you're going to not hear any input from Tiss. Through creative editing, you won't notice it at all. Apart from one point where he's like, I'm back. And that's where you'll realize that he's actually been not there for about 20 minutes. But don't worry, he's there for the important beginning and the important end. The middle bit is just me waffling on anyway. Um, So here we go. This is the final Warrens episode. Enjoy. Oh, what have the housewives of Wisteria Lane been up to this week? She had a lovely death. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is your host, Bob Joy, and with me, as always, are Beef. Say hi, Beef. Hi, Beef. And Tiss. Say hi, Tiss. Hi, Tiss. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. I'm so glad you guys joined me with that intro. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never done I've never done a, a high beef before, I don't think. So how did it feel? It's good, isn't it? It is good. Yeah, I kind of roll my eyes when Tiss does it, but um, I'm I'm converted. Yeah. So there we go. Here's a new standard for how we start the shows. Um, <laughs> are you guys ready for an episode? Oh, I'm so excited. It's uh, It's been too long. Yeah, we were going to record, and then I, I had to sack it off at the last minute because of uni. So, yeah, I'm itching for this. We're already, like, a little bit delayed anyway. Um, so, yeah. This is going to be like a week late, but I'm thinking if we can get this one up, we'll do one more. Tiss has got one in the in the bag, or he's planning it right now, and then we'll have our Christmas break and we'll come back all guns blazing in 2020. So enjoy these last two episodes, listeners. 2020. I know. That's mental. And I, I'm sure you guys can guess what I'm doing today. Uh, I think I do know, but I'm not. I'm not going to say it. Or shall I say it and then? Well, let's Tiss. Does Tiss know? It's going to be Warren's, isn't it? <laughs> Such enthusiasm. <laughs> no, no. Be Warren's, I, I knew it? because uh, I think you put out a post recently asking for listeners. Uh, yeah, I did. Like, I, There's no secret. That, like, I, this was always how I was planning on ending my episodes of this year because I started my episodes this year with the Warrens. Yeah, yeah. Re- I was looking oh, really? forward to it. Yeah, so now we're going to end it. And this will be the last Warrens episode. I was going to say Warrens. Anyway, so yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I knew you guys. Is, this is what I was fearing. 
I was so I'm disappointed. I should have said it before, like Tis, because now it looks like I'm just jumping on the bandwagon. You kind of are jumping on the bandwagon. You should have jumped in at the same time. <sighs> I knew it was Warren's. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this will be the last ever Warren's episode that we do. It's like the end of an era. Yeah, and since wow. we recorded the last Warren's episode, Lorraine Warren has passed on. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could um, do like a... Maybe she'll start haunting somewhere and we can go find her. That'll be good. If we could like do... Uh, get a clairvoyant or something to contact her beyond the grave and we could do a, a posthumous interview with her, that'll be really good. Although, let's be honest, Ed isn't going to let her get a word in edgeways, is he? Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor woman. Oh, I've got a really good example of that, by the way, on this episode. Right. It might be my favourite example of Ed just <laughs> not letting her get a word in edgeways. <laughs> Coming up later. You get the sense that they that she brings it up on the car ride home. Yeah, yeah. After they've been interviewed by their son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It comes up at Thanksgiving as well. They just sit there around the table. So as we know, uh, Ed passed away quite a few years ago and Lorraine passed away April this year. So um, in honour of that, this episode is going to be called The Warrens R.I.P. Oh, wow. That's nice. That's a nice, <laughs> That's a nice way touch. to end, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah I don't know if I, th- I think we did kind of mention um, Lorraine's passing on another episode one that came out around that time but uh, yeah she so. died she died in April uh, this year April 2019 on the 19th uh, died peacefully in her sleep nothing untoward uh, she wasn't like slayed by Annabelle in the night or something say <laughs> or was she yeah well yeah that's nice. That's the way I want to go. I want to go in my sleep. So I got a quote here from her grandson. <laughs> you say that like you want to go tonight, that's it. <laughs> no, not tonight. No, I've got stuff I want to do tomorrow. Got to get that dissertation Just, done, uh, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to get that done. Otherwise, what a waste. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've got a quote here from her grandson, uh, Chris McKinnon, um, regarding her death. Uh, he said, she was happy and laughing until the very end. She was my angel and my hero, and she will be deeply missed. Please join us in celebrating her life and honouring her beautiful soul. Remember to treasure those you love while you can, and thank you, and God bless you all. That was what he put out to the world on the, on the day of Lorraine's death. Um, yeah, so like I said, it was a nice, well, I say a nice death, a nice pleasant, you know, <laughs> as, much, yeah. as, as good as you could ask for, I guess. She had a lovely death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like you say, if you get to choose, uh, I think that's how most best people way. would want to go, yeah. It's the best way out, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, then you don't know about it. What's coming in at number two? Uh, probably something like just instant, bang, hit hit by a train. Ooh, grizzly. Like you wouldn't know about that. If As long as it's going at 200 miles an hour, you're, you're, you're going to be dead on impact. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Good shout. Um, yeah. Same if you hit a big mass of water as well, apparently, from... Um, apparently if you hit, like if you, if you fell into the sea, it's, uh, I don't know what height it, you'd have to be above, uh, <laughs> just a, fell into above a certain height. The beach. <laughs> oh my God. Dead. No, but if you, if you jump off a certain height and hit the sea, it's like hitting concrete. Mm. Oh. I've never yeah. done it before, but. Splat. Splat. Yeah. Rips yeah. your belly open, doesn't it? Does it? I think so. Oh, 
Gross. That's how what Tess? The uh the guy who super glued wings to his arms and he flew too close to the sun. That's he died Icarus. that way. Icarus. Icarus. Icarus died by falling on water and it felt like concrete. Uh, really? Is that, oh. is that true? Yeah. I remember uh, my parents telling me, because I said, uh, you know, how did he die? Because it was water. Water's soft as fuck. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I love the idea of like six-year-old Tiss saying that. <laughs> um, but you know that he wouldn't have changed his language. Have you ever done a belly flop into the water and your belly oh, yeah. just gets slapped? To like bad yeah, stings it's like that times a million and that's kind of like what the concrete thing is <laughs> that to death <laughs> <laughs> lovely yeah i just remembered yeah. thinking like they'd be dead but like you'd see really red bellies where they'd slapped <laughs> 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 it'd slap their bellies mm. to, to death so this is a nice tasteful way to start the show um, yeah, wonderful. <laughs> talking about an elderly woman passing on. No, this was Icarus. We're talking about Icarus. Yeah. Oh, I just love the idea of Tiss talking to your parents like that as this <laughs> little kid, whilst also demanding that your mum go and make you a drink <laughs> and then throwing it back That's... in her face because it wasn't the right drink. That is never the way. That is never the way. How dare you? <laughs> Mate, we've so... seen the way you talk to your mum. It's disgusting. <laughs> no. So we've covered uh, a number of cases from the Warrens. Um, it's definitely our longest running series. Some of our most popular episodes. And I, I thought I'd just run through the cases we've done to see if you guys can sort of remember or recall these cases at all. Yeah. And then we'll sort of maybe talk about our favourites. That's a good idea. So um, first of all, I covered the Peron family. This was the first one we covered. Um off the back of the first Conjuring movie, which this is the case they used in that. And uh, that was the woman who was possibly possessed by a witch um, in her house. Yeah, I remember that one. And on the yeah. same episode, we also talked about the Enfield poltergeist. So it was a bumper episode, that one. Hey, we did, yeah. Yeah, which was the girl possessed by uh, an old man, potentially, who would speak through her. We had some cool recordings on that one. And I remember some of the um oh yeah, I remember that. And I remember the photos as well. Mm. Is that is that did, was that that episode where they there were the photos of the the kids or like there was were, levitation or Yeah, they were like suspended in the air in like a red red like nightgown. Yeah. Quite famous it. pictures, yeah. Um the one mm. after that we covered Annabelle, the haunted doll. Yep. Uh we did an episode on the Amityville horror. The Lutz family, uh, the there was the murder in the house and then the, the other family that moved in had a possession story going on potentially, uh, had to have an exorcism. The, uh, the, the remake of that film that we saw together yeah. was on TV the other night. Uh, pa- patrons had... of the old uh, Weird Tales <laughs> and the Unexplainable Patreon would have heard an episode of an old show me and beef used to do called Unwatchable. And we talked about the Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds in it. Oh, it's just <laughs> terrible. It, it wasn't a good film. Um, no. Uh, so after Amityville Horror, we covered the uh, Snedeker House, which is the story that the uh, haunting in Connecticut, that was the local uh, haunted housey story that we covered, uh, local to the Warrens. Uh, then we did Union Cemetery and the Lady in White. Uh, Ed had like filmed the spirit of a ghost a number of times walking around the cemetery. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, after that, we did the demon murder case, which was the guy who murdered... Um, I can't remember if it was a co-worker or something, but it, he was. He said it, the whole. The interesting thing about that one is it went to a court case, and he said that the devil had made him do it. He was possessed by the devil, and it came up as an argument in court. Oh, I remember yeah, that now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we did the Southend werewolf. That's the one that came up this year. The guy from Southend who claimed <laughs> he was a werewolf, possibly possessed. Uh, however, that was. And finally, on the same episode as that, we also covered the hauntings at Borley Rectory the potentially most uh, haunted building in England uh, with the the spirit of the nun. I didn't realise we'd done so many. Yeah, some these. of them we did in one episode, but uh, let me have a look. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes. This will be our eighth episode, eighth Warren's episode. No. Yeah. I mean, I just said maybe this is the fourth or fifth one, so that's, that's amazing. Oh, no. Wait, this is the seventh. Did I say that? You said Wait. seventh or eighth. Maybe so we did Perro and Enfield in one, Annabelle in one, Amityville in one, Snedeker in one, with the Union Cemetery, Demon Murder Case in one, South End Werewolf in one with Bordy Rectory, and then this will be the seventh. So yeah, seven episodes. Wow, that's crazy. Whoa. All great stuff, though. I've really enjoyed these episodes. It'd yeah. be sad that we've come to an end. I wondered if you guys had any favourite cases that we'd covered. I like the London one uh, with the the children. That was Warren's, right? Yeah, the Enfield Poltergeist one. That one, yeah. Yeah. Just because it was the one I remember the most. Yeah, I'd say the Enfield Poltergeist was good. Um, the one with the Perong family was fun as well, or I seem to remember that being like creepier than the others. I, I like or, Perong family. That's why I started with that one. I like that case. I find that quite interesting. And maybe because it's like the Amityville one, I just remember reading up so much about it and being, you know, because of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I feel like... You know, whilst the episode was good, I sort of knew quite a lot of it. Um, so I think, yeah, but carry on. No, no, just the uh, the the prong the prong one was really good. I just I remember it being creepier than the others, or it feeling like it was creepier. That one feels um, creepy to me. Um, mm. The 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 last few have been interesting. Um, the there were the two that I didn't think would be a full episode. They ended up being one. The the werewolf one. And the uh, the demon murder case I actually found really interesting because that sort of centred around the court case more so and, and the ramifications of that, like what what are loopholes, like how what would stop someone from using that as a loophole in court? That brought up yeah. some interesting conversation. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed them all. I think the most popular one we've done is the Amityville. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Mm. It is a classic. Yeah. But uh, there's one case, one major case that we haven't covered yet. A major one. Ooh, mm. Okay. And the thing is, I hadn't covered this and I wasn't going to dedicate a whole episode to it because it's sort of in the same vein as some of the others. You know, some of them we've done and we've gone through and we're like, yeah, so it's kind of similar to the other one. It's a haunted house and they had to get exercised. And, you know, there's yeah. there's not been too much difference between like, there has been, but like the Snedeker family and... um the Perron family and even the demon murder case, there was only like slight differences of what made those different. Even the Amityville horror, it was, it came down to a haunted house basically. Mm. And Mm. this seemed to be another one of those, but with less of a hook. So I wasn't going to do a whole episode on it, but I thought uh, I would sort of just briefly talk about it on this one so that we've covered the major cases. Awesome. Will we be aware of it? Do you think, or is it, I don't know if you will or I wasn't really. Uh, so this is the case regarding the Smurl family. 
Mm, okay. Uh, so that's S M U R L. Smurl. Smurl. Intriguing. So yeah, that, like I say, they've, this isn't like the only other case they've actually been involved. Do you want to take a guess at how many cases they've been involved in? I think I've mentioned it on other shows. Isn't it like over 500 or over 1,000? More. Over 3,000? More. Over 5,000? More. Over 10,000? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that. Yeah, on their website it says they were involved in over 7,000 cases. Wow, that's crazy. Tis, you sounded like on Men in Black, the alien that, that takes over the, the body suit and he's asking for more sugar in the kitchen. More. 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 <coughs> more. <laughs> 7,000. That's insane. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's so many. So for this Smurl family case, um, what I did is I, um, I didn't really do the research in the way I normally would where I'd read through different reports of the case and sort of pull out the most interesting parts and sort of run through a story to you guys. Uh, what I did is I watched uh, a film. Is that what those screen? That's what those screenshots were on um, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> um, because this is from Ed's uh, opinion the most honest film that's been made of one of their cases. So this is the 1991 TV movie called The Haunted, which is available to watch for free on YouTube. That's where I watched it. Uh, oh no way! Yeah, Becca went out the other night. I whacked a pizza in the oven, sat down, and watched The Haunted on my telly. <laughs> <laughs> and I just watched the film and sort of took a few notes as I watched it because this film is supposed to be sort of as it happened. It's not sort of mm. inflaming the events to Hollywoodize it. It's just a straightforward retelling yeah, of the events. There's no, no sort of Hollywood glitter. Yeah, exactly. It's just the, the telling of the story. So I'll run through my notes I made whilst watching the film. We'll talk about those. And then I've got uh, a clip to play you of Ed and Lorraine talking about their experience on the case with the Smell family. So like I said, it came out in 1991 and the film was called The Haunted. It was based on a book of the event called The Haunted, One Family's Nightmare. And uh, this is one of those classic like early 90s American low-budget TV movies. It's very like soft filtered questionable acting in places quite hammy but oh. it was like very almost comforting to watch something so trashy but <laughs> i love those things though i quite like the old yeah just the 90s american tv movies like i would put um uh like the version of um it in there mm -hmm. um yeah the Tim tv Curry. movies yeah, and uh, there's the other Stephen King TV series at the time, The Stand TV series, and Stand. I that is, is quite similar tone. But just yeah. like really shocking acting, but they're just charming. Yeah, Janet, what's happening? That sort of very flat <laughs> cadence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's go through this. So it started in the late seventies. Uh, the Smurl family are moving to a new house. Their parents are moving in next door as well. So. Um, I have my notes aren't exactly in order. I don't think I caught the the guy's name until later on. Jack. Yeah, Jack's parents move in sort of next door to them as well. So you've got Jack and Janet and their kids, and then their parents move in next door as well, or at least on the same street. And um, straight away in this new house, they're having electrical issues constantly. They keep having to get repeatedly the boilers going. They're getting new boilers fitted. The wiring's getting messed up. They're having to get it re they got the whole house rewired. Um, 
one morning the toaster spontaneously sets on fire. Crazy. And they just think, oh, we've bought like a shit house. There's always problems going on. Um, and then Janet starts hearing a voice calling her name when she goes down to the basement. Oh, horrible. That is horrible. So in the film, she's going down the stairs and you hear like, Janet, and it's the voice of the mother-in-law. So she thinks the mother-in-law's coming in the house. And she's like, yeah, mom, I'm in the basement. Mm. And then she's not there. Oh, creepy. <laughs> yeah, and then It's creepy go- that it's the same voice. There's a voice that she recognizes. Oh, exactly. Not like, Janet. No, it's the mother-in-law's voice. And she actually goes round to say like, were you just in my house? I thought I heard you. And then the mother-in-law's really upset. And she's like, what's the matter? And she's like, I can't believe the language I could hear you using. And she could hear Janet's voice, like, using profanity and saying, like, foul language and stuff. So they're hearing each other's voices saying things they weren't saying. What? This is all all true. This is not just the movies kind of created. This is taken from their accounts. The movie is based on the book, and the book is uh, sort of ghost-written, but... the small Jack and Janet went over it themselves. They were there and it was their telling of the events of what happened. Okay. So according Fair to them enough. and according to the Warrens, this is exactly how it went down. That's why I just made notes on the film for this one. I'm like this film is supposed to be bang on. Yeah. This is what it is. Ghost written as well. And like, like you said, it. when I was watching this, I was very, very good. Very, I, that's what I meant to do, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. As I was watching this, I was posting a couple of screenshots up on Twitter um, and amazingly, one of our listeners actually re- recognised the screenshot. Oh no way! Was like, was that was that from that from like a nineteen nineties TV movie about a haunted house? It's like, yeah, it was. Tune in next week to find out what it was. <laughs> uh, and that was Morgane on Twitter. So Morgane, if you're listening, well done for recognising it. So that, obviously, she thinks that's strange. She thinks she's hearing voices in the house, but you know. Other than that, bad electrics. Not getting too worried yet. Um, in bed one night, she starts feeling something touching her body. Mm. Feeling hands on her in the night. Oh. She thought it was her husband at first. The way the scene sets up in the film, she's like, Jack, do you know what I mean? Something's yeah, touching get her. Off. It's, yeah, it's not your she, birthday. <laughs> she looks over <laughs> and Jack's like... <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's not happening. Horny ghosts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and there's pretty weird scenes regarding horny ghosts coming up later in the film. Mm. Okay. So they start seeing, like, things start getting moved around the house, classic uh, poltergeist stuff. Um, so they're finding th- things in weird places, like she opens, she's looking for the sellotape one day and she finds it in the fridge, things like that. Things where you might be like, why did I put it there? Mm. You know, we've all done stuff like that, put the TV remote in the fridge and things. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I'm sure I've done. Oh, that I've done things. that one. That's why I use that one as an example. <laughs> really? Yeah. No way. How do you do that? Just you're just absent-minded, just flapping around. You just put something in a weird place. I've put something in weird places, but TV remote in the fridge is. Uh, I guess if you've got a kitchen in your front room, maybe. Yeah, that's what I have. Oh well, there you go. What you did that recently? I forgot. You guys don't know. My, I forget. You guys haven't been to this flat. Like my, ki- I have a lounge kitchen, like one room, dearly here. Right. I'm really curious as to what's behind that door there. This Just door. keep seeing Becca go in and out. Yeah. This is my hallway. That's the hallway. That's the uh. front door around there. That's the coat rack. Uh, okay. I just I normally we normally have it open. It's more of like an open plan flat. I just close it when I'm recording, so the sound is more enclosed. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, there you go. 
I'm going to leave all that yes. in. The listeners will enjoy us talking about the layout <laughs> of, my, of my lounge. <laughs> uh, so where were we? Okay. Um, Horny ghosts. Basically, the mum thinks she's going mad. Mm. And the husband thinks she's going mad. Yeah. Everyone's just like, Janet, you need to calm down. Janet, you're going mental. All this stuff. And eventually she's like, I want to move. I want to move house. I don't like this house. There's something wrong with this house. One day, uh, she's in the kitchen. I think she's doing the ironing or something. She's doing some chores. And she just sees a dark figure standing in the kitchen. And this is just like a blurry smudge on the screen in the film. I actually thought it was quite effective, quite cool. It's just like a dark figure looming in the kitchen. Oh, creepy. Then it sort of moves out of the kitchen and disappears. And she runs round to next door to see the mother-in-law again. And she's like, I just saw something. And the mother-in-law had seen the same thing. She saw a dark figure in her house move through the wall. Ooh. Um, so, so far, it's only the women who are seeing this ghost. And the guys are like, oh, women. Yeah, sort of thing. Not believing. They're being hysterical sort of thing. Bloody women in their ways. Yeah. So Janet has enough of this and she's like, I'm going to go and do some research. So she goes to the library. She does a load of supernatural research for herself. It's before the internet. you got to go down and read books on this stuff. Yeah. And uh, she finds out that the area was built over an old old mine shafts. Hmm. And in the 1930s, some houses caved in and um, they unearthed satanic symbols made from pig's bones in the shafts below and uh, other signs of possible satanic worship. So she's thinking this is all to do with the hauntings in the house. Mm. I thought you were going to say built above an old Indian burial site. Yeah, classic poltergeist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, a satanic satanic stuff in a mine shaft is really creepy. Yeah, so like quite right she's thinking this probably is some reason something's going on. This is a paranormal event. I believe this is now paranormal and mm. uh, possibly satanic in nature. Um so one night she's laying on her pillow. I'm going to try I'm trying to remember the film. In she's laying on her pillow and she hears his whispering voices. And she's like sort of startled awake. And she's like, Jack, wake up, Jack. And he, what's the, what's the matter, what's the matter? And he, she's like, can't you hear those voices? And he can't. And then she's like, lay on my pillow, come to my side of the bed. And he lays exactly where she w- was. And then he hears it. And he's like, what the hell is that? Like he suddenly is just like, what, what's going on? What is that? What is that noise? That's so weird. So she goes over to his side of the bed and they sort of cuddle up together. And he's like, stay over here. It's all right. Maybe something is going on. Then she starts feeling something touching her leg. Yeah, because he's laying on top of her. <laughs> <laughs> she starts feeling something touching her leg, and she's like, it's touching me, it's touching me. And they pull down the covers, and he can actually see the indentations on her leg of where something is touching her. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh, ghost's getting a chub on. He's going to... Ghost. Oh, God, it had to go there, didn't it? It had to go there. I'm going to cut that. Oh, God. Anyway, right. Um, so they can both feel it touching her leg. He actually touches the leg and he can feel like the indentations and stuff. So they go to the church because they want to speak to uh, the Rev. And this is where there's an amazing scene in the film. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Warrens. There was that an actual cameo of the real Warrens. They were in the church. They were like, thank really? you, Reverend. Lovely service, like leaving the church at the end of the oh. service. Oh, they did a Stan Lee. 
Yeah, it was great. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, God, I've done way too much research. It's like, as soon as they came on screen, I was like, Warrens. <laughs> I can't even recognize them. <laughs> um, anyway, they speak to the Rev after the service and um, they're like, we want you to come around. There's some weird stuff. So he goes around for dinner. He blesses the house. And whilst doing so, he comes over quite queasy, feels ill. And is like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the house. I just feel a bit ill. And he leaves. So uh, I don't know if it's the next day, but the next sort of event that happened is the light fittings in the ceiling in the kitchen fall down uh, one time when they're eating. It's like a big solid light fixture. Uh, actually hurts one of the kids. Mm. Um, and this is like a proper bolted on light fitting. So it wouldn't just like fall out of the ceiling. Um, it's quite odd right. that, that fell down. I think Ed talks about that in the clip I'm going to play later. I think they're actually singing. Oh, that's what causes it. So they're in the kitchen. They start singing Amazing Grace. They're trying to, one of the daughters has got to sing for her school or she's trying to like calm her nerves or is practicing for church, something like that. But her yeah. and the mom are singing Amazing Grace together. And while they're singing it, there's like a reaction from the ghost and the light fitting flies out of the ceiling. Oh. So, uh, she, so Janet starts talking to one of her friends about it. She's saying, I can... All this stuff's happening in my house. Listen, the you know, light falling down, the figure, the touching, the voices, all this stuff. And um, her friend says, you know, maybe there is something to this. I've seen these paranormal investigators on TV, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They've made quite a name for themselves in this stuff. Maybe you should get in contact with them. In fact, they're actually holding a lecture nearby soon. You should attend it. So uh, Janet does attend the Warrens' lecture and talks to them afterwards. And the Warrens aren't playing themselves. You've actually got an actor and actress playing the Warrens at this point. Oh, that would be too much, wouldn't it? Then a really weird thing happens. Hmm. Jack's alone in the house in this one scene of the film. And there's like a woman in the house with him. And um, he's like, who are you? And then this woman, like, jumps on top of him. This is really jarring in the middle of this film. The woman, like, jumps on top of him. And from what I can gather, sexually assaults him and is, like, transforming into, like, different visages in front of him. Um, it's a really weird scene that really comes out of nowhere in the middle of this film, like a proper full-on sexual assault scene. And he's, like, laying on the floor like, no, no. Oh, that's so weird. It's really weird and really graphic. And Morgane on Twitter, this is the scene I was talking about when I said, you know, there's one really jarring, weird scene in it. And she was like, oh, which one is it? I was like, you know, that one. <laughs> I didn't say what it was. I said, listen next week to hear what it is. It's that. It's really oh. weird. This scene does not go remarked upon again in the rest of the film. He never says to his wife, oh, I was assaulted. He never says to anyone. It's just like one night, he's there, ghost attacks what? him. Really weird sort of bizarre so scene. What does it. it? You said it keeps transforming in front of him. What does it transform into? Like other, other women or? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's like size and shape is changing. Like it's a blonde-haired woman. Then she's got like big curly hair. Then she's like thin. Then she's fat. Then she's. It's really weird. Oh hmm. my life! That sounds mental. And he doesn't mention it. This doesn't come up in the film again. It's like if that scene wasn't there, it wouldn't affect the. F wouldn't affect the film in any way. It's just like a jarring scene in the middle of the film, which goes nowhere. It's just bizarre. It's almost like something hit the cutting room floor that they weren't supposed to cut. That sort it's of explains really that weird. scene. That sounds weird. Okay. 
Anyway, the, the Warrens visit the house. And they interview the the small family. They inspect the building. And you, you mentioned poltergeist earlier. Well, I, we kind of both did the building over a, a burial ground and stuff. This this scene was really like the scene in, in Poltergeist where they're walking around sort of examining the house. The paranormal investigators, Lorraine's doing a little bit of that, checking the lights and things like that. Mm. And, and Elaine sees activity in the house and she sees ghosts in the house and they're like, yep, this place is haunted. And then the family get out of there uh, and they actually go camping. Weirdly, right, they okay. set up camp. Okay. Uh, whilst camping, they see a spectre. What? So they're like, okay, it's following us. A spectre. Oh, um, a ghost. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is spectre the right word? A spectre is a ghost, right? Yeah. Yeah. A spook. Is it a, a spook? I don't know. <laughs> they see Phil Spectre uh, camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also while they're away, their house is going nuts. Like all their neighbors are like, "What's going on in that house?" There's lights going on and off. There's noises, screaming coming from the house. Really? So not only are they being followed, like they're haunted, the house is also going nuts at the same time. And this is where they're concerned, like, we can never leave, we can never get away from this. Even if we leave the house, it's following us. It's something to do with us rather than the house. Yeah, like, us being in that house has made it cling on to us and now we can't escape it, maybe. Oh, that sucks. This is maybe the part of this case which I do find, you know, I said... This one didn't have anything beyond just just a haunted house, whereas the other ones did. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's the fact that the ghost was almost stuck on them. They couldn't get away from it. It wasn't just the house. Mm. Wow. And all this other stuff is going on at the house whilst... Yeah, at the same time. And who documented that? Was that... Oh, the... The neighbours. Yeah, while they were gone, the neighbours witnessed this stuff, apparently. Oh, that's horrible. Um, and in the film where it's portrayed as the lights are on and there's like screaming noises from the house and stuff and all the neighbours are like what's going on in there there's no one there so um, they consider levelling the house just let's destroy the house yeah yeah, it makes sense and they speak to the Warrens and Ed says don't do that Ed Ed says if you do that then that's almost you admitting defeat and that will be giving the demons or ghosts or whatever what they want they will feel like they've won they will follow you. They will attach themselves to you. And he says, what you need to do is have a good old-fashioned exorcism. Right, okay. So they haven't had one. I thought the guy at the church did it. Well, he sort of walked around, started blessing it, and was like, oh, I feel a bit ill. Right. And he didn't believe him there was anything wrong with the house anyway. So this, that sort of comes back. The church oh. doesn't want to get involved at this point. The church will not help them, their local church. They, there's nothing wrong with the house. They will not comment on this. They will not help. They will not exercise the house they won't bless the house no, no response typical Christians <laughs> uh, <laughs> never there when you need them <laughs> so the war they contact the Warrens again and say look we want to exercise the house no one will help mm. us and then so the Warrens say look we know a guy uh, so they find this renegade priest as he's described <laughs> <laughs> comes in with like shades collar up <laughs> He's like, like smoking. Van Helsing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he performs a family exorcism, this renegade priest, in the home. Mm. Okay, so at this point in the film, I thought, okay, we're done. This must be the end of the film. They've done the exorcism. Warrens have come in. It's what normally happens. They do the big exorcism at the end, and it's and from then on, it was all right. All sorted. 
and there's been nothing. There's a week later and nothing's happened. And then Janet starts walking down the basement where she always used to hear the weird noises and it finds creepy. And she trips down the stairs and catches herself and she's panicking. She thinks something's tripped her. And she calms down and she's like, you know, it's just, I just tripped over. It's nothing. But they're, so they're still quite jittery. Then the mother-in-law comes around and says, I've seen the spirit again uh. in my house. I've seen the dark figure. It's still here. <laughs> hasn't gone. Maybe they kept it at bay for a week or whatever, but a week later it's it's back. It's there. Uh. And then things kick into overdrive that night. Uh, Janet is lifted from her bed and is le- levitating around the room. <laughs> Whoa, that's nuts. So they've just upset the spirit, basically, it seems. Oh, I've just made it worse. So they had like a bit of time off. Yeah, and they came bit back. Of a lull. Full force. Oh, no. Uh, she's levitating around the room in the night. She's thrown against the wall. Jack's, she's like, Jack, help me, Jack, help me. And he's laying there. He's pinned. He can't move. It's like something's holding him down. He's like, I can't move. You can imagine this with all the TV acting. <laughs> just get that image. Have we lost beef? He's frozen. I feel like he's... Oh, there you go. Oh, no, there he is. No, I'm here. <laughs> no, it's all right. Your, your screen like froze for a second. It was like it was haunted. Oh, no, it's fine. No, I'm here. So he was pinned against his bed. The quote I've written here from Jack, while he's pinned, he says, uh, Let her go, you bastard! Um, which is a real good TV line. <laughs> oh, he was waiting for that line, wasn't he? Yeah, that's his big moment. And it's... Mm. It's like, it's really, you know, we said it's kind of nice to watch these old films because they're so simply made. Yeah. It is just a man there pretending to be pinned, like, you know, and just like, I can't move. (laughs) Yeah. He's just pretending to be stuck to the bed going, let go of her. It's really, it's hammy and great. I love it. (laughs) So after this, they get together. What we're going to do, Jack wants to go to the press. He's like, if the press get involved, it will become, we'll shame the church into helping us. Hmm. It's because we didn't go through the proper church. We didn't go for our local church. We used this renegade priest. It didn't work. We need the power of our church and the church. If we go to press, it will shame them into helping us. Absolutely. Get them involved. So they do that after a bit of humming and hawing, and it turns into a crazy media circus. Right. Uh, the story spreads. They th- they hoped it would make someone help, but they just become a laughing stock. They're hounded. The press are on their lawn. It's like when Homer sexually assaults that woman when he picks the gummy Venus de Milo off her. And the press, <laughs> the press is just sweet all over can. the lawn. Sweet, 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 sweet can. <laughs> exactly. I might have to put that clip back in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> For the second time. Yeah. Somebody had to take the babysitter home. Then I noticed she was sitting on her sweet can. I grab her sweet can. Oh, just thinking about her can. I just wish I had her sweet, 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 sweet can. Yeah. But it is like that. There's media everywhere. People like, you know, with the... Their kids are walking to school, people shouting out the window at them, like, you know, seen any ghosts? Woo! That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, there's one in my house. Oh. Bye. <laughs> Eventually, the reverend moves into the house and he's there for a little while. Nothing happens. He's there for a few days, I think. Nothing happens the whole time he's there. And he's goes back to his original stance like there's nothing going on in this house i think maybe you're seeing things you've let this thing get to you you're imagining things and he leaves and they're like begging they're like don't go like like this there's something on his house he leaves yeah they should have just got him to move in well he did he stayed there for a couple of days but he was just like no yeah 
But then I just right, right you are Forever. not leaving. You're never leaving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah they, that becomes the vicarage. Uh, and then they just move into the other house. I mean, wouldn't it be great if the case ended there? And then the Reverend moves in and he never left. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the start of a sitcom. And they lived happily ever after. <laughs> Father Ted. Yeah. That ghost was just resting in my house. <laughs> Such a tedious, like, no American is going to understand that. I love that and- you brought that reference. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, uh, Americans, any American listeners, if you like English comedy, if you want to be really, really confused, <laughs> go and watch Father Ted. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh, a show that would translate well to the American audience. No. No, I, no, I don't think so. No, I'll give it a go anyway. If you find it, I'd be intrigued to know whether that actually does work. It'd be like an American trying to watch like Phoenix Nights. Yeah. <laughs> there would be no point yeah. of reference for them to understand anything about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why is this funny? Oh, it just, it just is. You know, working man's clubs. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, they... <laughs> I'm actually going to use the Phoenix, Phoenix Nights theme tune as the outro music this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite spooky sounding in a way. Yeah, I guess so. It's just them little bells, isn't it? Ding, 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 ding. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you'll hear it at the end of the episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a massive group of people come down who actually want to support the family. They're people from the church, big group called the Sacred Heart. That's what they call themselves. And they all show up at once. It's like, again, it's like that Simpsons episode, you know, when his real friends show up and it's like Mo and Barney and stuff like that. And they're like pushing their way through the crowd. Right. It's a bit like that. Uh, the Sacred Heart show up and they all pray together. They light candles all over the house. And there's uh, the house is just like full of people. Uh, group worship, basically. Uh, groups of prayers. It kind of, again, it stops it, kind of, quells it. Not really. They think it's all over. It's not. Yeah. Uh, eventually, they move house to escape the press, this time more than the ghost, because the press will not let up on this. Wow. And when they get to their new house... The ghost followed them. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, because it followed them camping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the ghost needs a holiday too. Bloody hell. It's um, bloody ghost. So it's not it's relentless. Basically, what that's kind of how the film ends. It's like, eventually they moved, ha- like it ends with the big group worship thing and you think, oh, that's it. And then like, you know, you get the writing at the end of a true story film. Yeah. And it's like, you know, eventually they move to escape the press. The ghost followed. And I'm like, why aren't you showing that? Did you run out of time? That story isn't over. Why yeah. are you telling me this in the epilogue? That's brilliant. We committed to a six-week series. We can't do any more of this. Like, yeah, but the story's not finished. Eventually, we're in May 1989. So this is like 10 years in total. This is oh, going on. my life. In May 1989, a uh, proper church-sanctioned exorcism took place in their new home and worked. Okay. And that was it. That was the end of it. And that's it. That's the case of the small family. Then they made the book. Then they made the TV movie. Did they at any point uh, document how the ghost followed? Or does that they just leave it like that? No, they just left it like that. The ghost could follow them. That's amazing. 
So, uh, so I mean, if only they'd have just done the exorcism properly in the first place. Oh yeah, that's kind of it. Like they had, it seems their local church was just like not very helpful at all. Yeah, mm. and it caused them a lot of hassle. And they tried other forms of exorcism. They tried this <laughs> renegade priest and and uh, group <laughs> worship and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, they got a proper sanctioned exorcism. With the, the proper guy, the exorcist showed up and uh, mm. they, they dealt with it. Surprise, surprise, it worked. The end. Um, but the, the film was interesting. I kind of want to see it now, yeah. It's it's about an hour 40. Oh, that's manageable. Hour, hour and a half, hour 40. It's all on YouTube. It's called The Haunted. If you do The Haunted 1991, it comes up. That's like a Disney movie. I can do that. Yeah, it's an interesting watch. I'm so used to films being at least, I see a two hour film and I'm like, that's pretty short. Films yes. are so long now. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to give it a watch. So that's The Smell Family. That's the last case. Like I say, it's kind of just another haunted house story. Yeah. That ends with an exorcism. Which is why it hasn't. I haven't given it its own episode. It's. I thought I'd do it on this wrap-up Warren's episode to talk about this final case. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It is kind of different, though, I suppose, in that it goes with them. That's weird. Yeah, that is kind of the <laughs> this ghost's USP. It's uh, <laughs> it sticks to them. <laughs> goes on like Dragon's Den. Like, yeah, what's, yeah. what's going to make you stand out from all the other ghosts out there? <laughs> like, well, they won't be able to escape me. They go camping. I'm there. Yeah. They go stay over at a friend's house. I'm there. Sticky bandit, mate. Sticky. <laughs> the sticky bandits. <laughs> Pulling out some really <laughs> obscure references today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. Not with oh, Christmas man. coming around the corner. It won't be obscure. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. That's why it's in my head. Do you see The Grinch was taken off Netflix, uh, apparently? Why is that? I don't know. I think, no, I think it was just taken <laughs> off just because the license ran out. But it's, uh, it's Christmas, so everyone's like pissed right. off. But I watched it so- yesterday morning. It was on all summer, and then when Christmas rolls around, get that Grinch out of here. Yeah, basically. <laughs> He's not going to ruin Christmas again with his misery. They <laughs> <laughs> took it too literally, the film. Which Grinch was it? There's three. Uh, the Jim Carrey one. All oh, right, okay. Maybe they're making way for like another one of them. Yeah, the one that came out last Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. Well, yeah, as the Grinch? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I never saw it. Is that where we get the gif, which is it's always like you go around a friend's house, they say, don't don't bother the dog, and then it's just the Grinch, like... I can't <laughs> oh, that's really the Jim Carrey it. one, yeah, I think so. Is that... That's where that's from, is it? Okay, I've not really seen it. I've never seen it, but I've been on the set of... I was on the called? set when it was being filmed, Who? is that what you're going to say? <laughs> I've been there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen. I was in it, but I've never seen it. Wasn't even interested in seeing it after being in it. Yeah, it's Hollywood. It's a um, Universal Studios Hollywood, right? Yeah, they've got that and the War of the Worlds. Yeah, um, set, and then you drive past the Bates Motel. It's all there. It's all there. I mean, it wasn't. It's all there. And uh, Desperate Housewives. It's also. Just like a road with loads of houses on it. Is really. that Wisteria Lane? 
That's it, Wisteria Lane. That's the, that's Why the do chat, I know yeah. that? I don't know. I've never seen that show. <laughs> I think I just remember that from adverts when it was passive. You always hear like, oh, what have the housewives of Wisteria Lane been up to this week? <laughs> anyway, so there we go. Talking of films... Um, we talked before about how so many of these cases have been turned into films, have been developed into films. So like the one I just talked about, The Smell Family, that was developed into the TV movie The Haunted from 1991. Yeah. And um, let's, before I talk about the other films a little bit, let's listen to uh, an interview with Ed and Lorraine where they talk about The Smell Family Haunting. Oh, and this video uh, towards the end of it has my favourite examples of Lorraine just not being allowed to speak. Oh, all right. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Ed, can you tell us how you started? Yeah. Uh, I also would like to mention that uh, this was a movie of the week. Mm-hmm. And that movie was done beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Smurl family insisted that there be no fabrication in that movie at all. No Hollywood hype. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one of the most frightening cases we've ever been involved in. But I'll never forget the family calling us up us driving up to West Piston and uh, going in, and as a religious demonologist, I do carry uh, uh, relics of saints. I carry a true piece of the cross. And about a half hour after I interviewed this family, they told us amazing things. First, how when they moved into the home with the grandparents, this was a duplex house, as you'll see. It's in a coal mining area. And they felt, well, maybe something was happening underneath because of the old mine shafts. But the things that were happening would be when Janet would go down into the basement to do the wash. And she'd hear somebody calling, Janet, Janet. And she thought, sounds like my mother. So she'd run all the way upstairs. She said, yes, Mom, what is it you want? Mm-hmm. No mother there. Mm-hmm. And then she would hear strange sounds from the different corners of the cellar. One of her daughters was making a holy confirmation. This is a religious rite in Catholicism. And uh, the girl came into the kitchen, and they were all excited about going to the church and having the confirmation. Mm-hmm. There's a huge light up on the ceiling. Now that is bolted to the main beams that are in the kitchen, Tony. That light, big, heavy bolts right okay. into the main beams. Now this light started to just shake tore itself loose and almost hit the girl. Mm-hmm. That, of course, was very unnatural. Mm-hmm. They checked everything. There was no way that that should have come off there. Uh, then there was all kinds of trouble with the electric. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything was going uh, kaplooey. Uh, television sets, toasters were burning. Uh, wiring that they had just put in the house was just going dead. They couldn't understand it because... Jack's father is an electrician. Mm-hmm. He put all of this in himself, in his own house. <clears throat> and you know a man that does his own home, he's got to do a good job. Well, from that point on, they lying in bed one night, and all of a sudden, the bed starts to rattle and shake. Uh, then they start seeing black shadows moving across the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Jack and Janet are lying in bed, and suddenly... She's talking, and something grabs her by the leg and yanks her right out of the bed onto the floor. Jack, at first, didn't believe all these things until he heard the voices himself. Mm -hmm. 
he's seen his wife being dragged out of bed. Then there's the night when the both of them are lying in bed, and both of them rise up into the air, mm -hmm. up as high as the ceiling. Just like the Lutz family just in like Amityville, Long Island, Tony. And they're dropped onto the bed. Mm -hmm. We went there, and a half hour after I was there, I used religious provocation. We went up into their bedroom. Yeah, let me tell you about that. We... We sat on the edge Why of the bed. Why can't I tell them? <laughs> we sat on the edge of the bed. You could repeat it later if you'd like. <laughs> and we sat on the edge of the bed, and Ed put out these different things he had with him, which were all relics and things like that. And he put them on the bed. I was also Don. playing hymns yes. uh, from nuns, you know, beautiful music. Religious music. Yes, Ave religious Maria. music. Things that would really frustrate a devil. So there you go, you can hear her keep trying to talk and then him just, uh, even when she talks for like two seconds, he jumps back in again. Oh man. Uh, but that's their account. So you can hear them being interviewed by Tony Spira again. I just love that even when she goes to tell her part of the story, he's like, can, can, I, can, I, can I tell it? Yeah. <laughs> like, mate, you'd be talking nonstop. Draw some breath. <laughs> when she finally starts explaining something... She says about the songs, and then he jumps back in again. She's just like, you can hear the resign, resign in her tone, where she's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's So you heard their version of some of the things that I'd gone over in, in sort of the version of the story that I'd, I'd given on here. Um, mm. in the, interesting, in the film, it looked more like they lived next door to the parents, but they're in that, they said it was a duplex. So there you go. Oh, okay. So it was it was the same building then. Yeah, that, by the by Ed's account there. Yeah, in the in the TV movie, it looked like they were more like next door neighbors, but maybe it was the same building. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, so aside from the haunted film, um, I think we've mentioned on the other shows before, but there's been so many films based on their cases. Um, you got the Conjuring series, the first one based on the Perron family, second one based on the Enfield Poltergeist. Third one is in development now, uh, rumours to be about the South End werewolf. From those like fairly all right horror films, you've got some worse spin-offs, the Annabelle series, uh, the Nun spin-off movie, which aren't really based in any fact. Uh, you've got multiple versions of the Amityville horror story case. Uh, you've got the Demon Murder case movie, The Haunting in Connecticut, that's based on the Snedeker family. Uh, there's a film called The Crooked Man that's in development, which is a spin-off of The Conjuring movies again. I imagine that's going to be trash as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then finally, there's the film called The Borley Rectory, which I haven't watched yet. I actually picked up a copy of that uh, last week to watch, but uh, we talked about that before. That was yeah. a Kickstarter film. And they actually got Reese Shearsmith involved from uh, Inside Number 9 and The League of Gentlemen. He's actually uh, oh, stars yeah. in it. Yeah, it's like a pseudo... It's like part dramatized uh film part documentary and he uh, has a big involvement in that so i've actually got a copy of that to watch uh here so uh, when i get around to that i'll report back on it uh. but i would like us to look into borley rectory in more detail in a, another episode because there's loads of stories around that building that don't involve the warrens so oh, interesting oh i remember that i remember Reece Shearsmith talking about it on twitter like ages ago as well yeah yeah yeah. I think it came out quite a while ago, like last year or, or maybe even the year before, but I've only managed to track yeah. down a copy of it myself. So um, I, I will get around to watching that. It's not super long. I think it's like an hour 20, something like that. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, there's. I didn't realize how many movies have actually been made from, and I guess 
I guess once you've, you know, got, you know, three or four solid ones, you know, there are going to be some crappy ones made as well, just to jump on the cash cow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise there were so many. I didn't realise The Nun was um, like a spin-off. Yeah, well, The Nun, the image of The Nun is kind of how Lorraine always described the ghost from the Borley Rectory that we spoke about a little bit. And they used that imagery in The Conjuring 2 as uh, like a spirit that had affected her. Like she sees images of it and it's sort of haunting her. Right. Um, and then because that imagery was popular, they just made a film out of that. These spin-off films don't really have any <laughs> tie-ins to it. Interestingly, right. Tony Spira, I saw an interview of him fairly recently and they were like, what do you think about all these spin-off films that aren't really following the cases? Hmm. And he was just like, you know, it's fine. They're not affecting anything. If anything, it's kind of a positive that they're making, at least shedding light on the fact that, you know, there are real cases of, you know, demons and possession and, and, and ghosts and things like that. The fact that they have a tenuous link shows that maybe there is a possibility that these things are real. So he was like trying to see it in a positive way like that. Right, fair enough. But horror films are cash cows to studios anyway. They're cheap to make and they make a lot of money. So Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So we obviously Ed and Lorraine, we spoke about all these episodes, including this one. Ed, in case you can't remember, demonologist, Lorraine Clairvoyant, and Tony Spira, who we've mentioned a few times who was interviewing her in that clip, as their son-in-law, and he is now continuing their legacy, even now, uh, after Lorraine's death. That's nice. There we go. You back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, cool. That's right. So yeah, Tony Spira is now uh, continuing their legacy. Yeah, actually, really recent bit of news from him, November 1st, so only a month ago, um, he actually held a talk in Connecticut called The Warren Files, right? Uh, which was talking about their cases. Um, and he actually, as a surprise, Prop had a guest in attendance with him. He uh, took Annabelle with him to that talk. I saw this, yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that? It's disrespectful, isn't it? Because didn't didn't Lorraine and Ed say don't take it out of the case? Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, what a tosser! I've heard different reports from it, where some say it wasn't the real one; it was one that looked the same, and some said, "Look, like, he joked that it wasn't the real one, and then actually revealed it was the real one." And everyone no was way. trying to get pictures of it and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's that is disappointing. What out of its case? Yeah, it was just sitting on a bench in the middle of the stage. That's on like mad. a little stool. He's asking for stuff to happen, isn't he? He's asking for stuff to go wrong. Blatantly. I don't know. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because ultimately there's a part of me that just thinks it's just a dull. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's disrespectful, I think, to... I th- Like, is he... He's not a, a demonologist or he's not really a Christian or... what? You know, what's his deal? He's... He's just been documenting know. their journey, right? Yeah, so yeah. Is it disrespect? I don't know. Maybe because there's kind of like a weird. So as um, I think as a Christian, my experience of all this stuff is you approach all of this with um, it's not it's not really respect, but you just you understand the power behind. 
a lot of this stuff. Um, and, you know, I've shared my experiences and you kind of, uh, yeah, you're just wary, I guess, that whilst, you know, our, our belief is that, you know, kind of God, God trumps the devil in a sense, you still want to be careful, I suppose, and you, you're not really lauding it about and you're not, you're not being playful with it. You're not being, um, yeah. So I just feel like, yeah, is that maybe, I don't know, is he kind of going against their wishes really? It seems a bit. I think so in a way we've seen, we've actually watched footage of one of on, a, on an older Warren's episode of them doing the tour of their building where they have all their lockup, all their artifacts and yeah. in a way we were like oh isn't that a bit weird to turn it into like a museum of sorts but even on that mm. they're sort of like don't touch anything and walking people through to to bring it out and put it on a stage is a little bit more like showmany in a weird yeah. way and i wonder if he would have done that if if either of the warrens were still knocking around mm. yeah i mean i i have i've always found the the museum thing to be a bit strange i suppose mm. really it's is it better, you know, if they believe these items are still haunted or they still carry like a demon with them, you know, I guess maybe it's almost like a sacrificial thing that they're taking it out of the victim's house and they're just kind of like holding on to it. Um, and if they've done exorcist, exorcism stuff, then surely these items shouldn't have anything hanging around anymore. So... Yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. Having it out of its case and kind of just there is yeah. is very strange. Letting people take selfies of it and stuff. Oh, it was, it was well, I don't know. I said people were taking pictures of it. I when people when it says that nowadays, I just think half oh, people were like jumping in doing selfies yeah. with Annabelle. Oh, uh, you know, people were having like Snapchat filter selfies, like <laughs> putting putting bunny ears on Annabelle. Yeah, that's going to upset the spirits, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, you can feel it. <laughs> There'll be another movie. It's the proper litmus test of if it does. Annabelle's Revenge. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he wants something bad to happen because it's like continues the legacy. He's like pushing the spirits. Exactly. Oof. Uh, so I'm going to play uh, one more. Uh, this is the last clip I'm going to play. This is from a documentary that was on uh, Bravo, that channel. Oh, wow. <laughs> quite a few years ago um and this is um ed and lorraine visiting a family who believe they have um sort of a spirit in their house and it's going to play like a short couple of minutes section from this the warrens feel that some of the most compelling evidence ever recorded has been videotaped by them in this connecticut home for months the family whose faces are obscured to protect their identity, have been tormented by what they fear is a poltergeist. Ed attempts to communicate with the troubled spirit. One knock for yes, two for no. Are you a man? Are you a boy? The mother leans against the kitchen table, her hands in full view as Ed continues asking questions. You want the people in this house to move? One knock for yes, two for no. Yes. Okay. We couldn't sell. Who is it that you don't like the most here? Is it? Is it? Is it their father? Is it their mother? Oh my God. Okay. 
commands you to reveal your identity. Next, Ed decides to confront the poltergeist alone. Give me some sign. Is that you moving something? Give me some sign that you're here. I'm just going to point out um, for you guys and for people listening, at that point, the chair moved. It pushed itself out from the table um, with no one touching it. When he said, give me a sign that you're here, like one of the chairs around the dining table moved out free of its own free will. Right. Mm. I'm going to carry on playing it now. What I did was use religious provocation. I have to provoke it into some type of outward manifestation. And that was my point in doing that. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to reveal your identity. All the chairs moving at once. On the following night, the family reports that the poltergeist seems to be more active than ever. Only now, its attention is focused on the family's 10-year-old daughter. The little girl is trying to do her home. You can see if the chair keeps sliding backwards. You're holding it down, aren't you? It's got that much strength to it. Now, if you watch, you can see the little girl's legs are up on the rungs of the chair. She's not pushing herself up from the floor. The mother is not tipping that chair backwards. Nobody is touching that table. The table moves of its own volition. The Warrens quickly arrange for three priests to perform an exorcism in the home, and the disturbance ends. But for how long? Okay, there we go. Mm. Um, So the chairs are moving, and that bit at the end, uh, what was happening is the girl was sat at the table doing her homework, and someone was trying to hold the chair down, but as they were doing it, it was like pushing against them. Right. Apparently. Um, The girl wasn't saying anything, was, was she? No. Just chilling. Just doing her homework. She sort of like leant over writing. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. Their, their methodology always surprises me. Okay, go on. Just, yeah, just the, the, the way they kind of like talk, talk to the demon and get it to reveal its identity and stuff like that is, I find strange. Um, yeah, but he's not really, are they Catholic? Do you say they're Catholic? I think we looked at this ages ago, didn't we? Um, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it would have been on a previous episode we were talked about that. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty horrible. I don't like watching stuff like that because it's like it's yeah. Uh, and if people do want to watch that clip that I just played the uh, the audio of, if you go onto the the blog, I'll put a link to it there. It's, uh, Weird Tales and Unexplainable dot com. Um, so there, obviously there are people who criticize the Warrens. We've spoke a bit about that on some of the episodes before. Mm. I'm just going to read, uh, a little something here. This is just from Wikipedia. This isn't anything like super in depth, but, um, I just wanted to recognize the criticism that some people have for the Warrens. Mm. So in a 1997 interview with the Connecticut Post, Steve Novella and Perry DeAngelis investigated the Warrens for the New England Skeptical Society, NESS. They found the couple to be pleasant people, but their claims of demons and ghosts to be, at best, as tellers of meaningless ghost stories and, at worst, dangerous frauds. So I think I have quoted that on a previous episode uh, from this interview. 
Uh, they took the tour and looked at evidence from the Warrens uh, of their spirits and ghosts. They watched videos and looked at the best evidence they had. Their conclusion was that it was all Blarney, in quotes. <laughs> they found common areas with flash photography and nothing evil in the artifacts. Um, quote, they have a ton of fish stories about evidence that got away. They're not doing good scientific investigation. They have a predetermined conclusion which they adhere to, literally and religiously. Lorraine Warren said the problem with Perry and Steve is, quote, they don't base anything on a god. Novella responded, it takes work to do solid critical thinking to actually employ your intellectual faculties and come to a conclusion that actually reflects reality. That's what scientists do every day and that's what skeptics advocate. I see what they're saying here. I think it's that's that's the whole point is your your intellect and your your. Um, ability to rationalize is is not going to be necessarily very helpful. Mm-hmm. Like I I defy anyone to to be in a in in a situation where something's happening and they can't they have nothing to to explain. Like I I don't know you can scientifically explain away this stuff and you know i i don't know i just think that's a bit short sighted well the problem is he's come in at the complete opposing end he's part of the skeptical society so he's not looking for any truth and they're not looking for yeah. any skepticism and it's just like an unstoppable force unmovable object there's no middle ground you need mm, some mm. people that haven't really got you know a horse in the race or whatever they they need to come and have a look at it from their own opinion just a layman Hmm. Yeah. come in not not necessarily a skeptic not necessarily religious just no let's have a look at this um novella also quoted in another interview um they claim to have scientific evidence which does imp- indeed prove the existence of ghosts i think i've recorded this on another episode as well which sounds like a testable claim uh into which we can sink our investigative teeth what we found was a very nice couple some genuinely sincere people but absolutely no compelling evidence so, again yeah, again he doesn't I believe there's any evidence there. No, but compelling evidence, you know, maybe, you know, you, we said in this case, and you, you mentioned it earlier that, you know, there were periods of time where nothing happened at all, when mm-hmm. other people were in the house. It's difficult, isn't it? It's their word against everyone else's. They, you know, it's uh, it's difficult to, to say, but it seems like people maybe need to be a bit fairer. So there we go. We've covered all the major cases. Uh, we've talked about the Warrens at length, more than we've talked about anything else on this show. We've done it. If, as a listener, you are more interested in learning more about uh, the Warrens, there is a book which I've actually had a couple of listeners email me about and have said is an enjoyable read. I haven't read it myself. Uh, the book is called The Demonologist, The Extraordinary Career of Ed and Lorraine Warren, and that's by Gerald Brittle. So um, I've had that recommended by some listeners. Uh, I thought I'd put it out there in case, as a listener, you wanted to learn a bit more about them. That book, The Demonologist, it's available on Amazon. It's available anywhere. So I will recommend that. Now that we've covered all the cases and spoke about them, guys, uh, I'll go to Tissy first. What are your final thoughts on the Warrens as people, fraudsters, genuine? What do you think? Um, I wouldn't say fraudsters. I suppose they, I, uh, you have to believe they believed in what they were doing. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. The world doesn't have a lot of them anymore. People looking into paranormal cases as a proper profession. Mm. Uh, especially the old school way of actually going to it. People do it all over the internet now. So 
no one really leaves their house and does the miles that they did. So you got to respect it, I guess, if nothing else. I think they'll always be the most famous paranormal investigators. Yeah. And they're they're more famous than ever now, thanks to uh, all the films. Like people know who the Warrens are now, and all the all the podcasts, all the podcasts. Yeah, like <laughs> since we started, there's a million other podcasts to do basically the same as what we do, and so many people have covered Warrens cases and stuff, mm. uh, biting on our stees. So yeah, they're more famous than ever, and I don't think they'll ever be a more famous paranormal researcher than the warrens yeah no probably not not in the same way Derek what do you think beef do you do you think they're genuine Derek Akora? do you think they're genuine <laughs> or uh i think they are genuine i think uh, like i said my my personal experience leads me to believe they probably are genuine people um you know i've i've seen similar stuff which is which is horrific and terrifying and completely unexplainable and you can't you, you can't explain it away um so i think they are real and I th- well i think they were and i think they were definitely i don't know i don't see anything malicious there i don't think there's anything there that where they were trying to just gain fame from it or they're just trying to kind of um, just achieve anything of their own agenda or do anything selfish. I think they were genuinely trying to help people. Uh, I just find it interesting that, yeah, like I say, their their method of of kind of like chatting, chatting to the demon, and that's that's kind of it. It seems like with every case, they kind of do this whole chatting stuff and having a little one on one with the demon. And then the exorcist comes in and he's like, right, step aside, guys. Let me actually sort this out. Mm. And then it's dealt with. So, but you know. It's like they've got the knowledge and connections. Yeah, exactly. There's no particular harm in it, really, yeah. if, if if that's what they're going to. And, and actually, I wonder how much comfort people got from them just being in the environment with them and experiencing mm. it with them. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know. Maybe the demons like had in the demon world. The Warrens were like a famous, you know. So I wonder. I I think maybe you would. You take comfort from the fact that you've got this couple that come into your home and they seem like nice people and they just listen to you and um yeah just and then share in your experience as well. That's quite brave. Yeah. Either way, they're really interesting characters and the cases they've been involved in have made for some amazing stories uh whether people believe yeah. in them or not there's some really famous and just cool stories um that's led on that's why there's been so many films based on them and i imagine they will continue to be um and i'm sure that some of their lesser known cases will be mined for content at some point you know they got as i said over seven thousand cases and there's maybe you know 10 that people really know about so be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring. I I kind of do think they're shysters. <laughs> After all the research and all these episodes I've hosted on them, uh, I've sort of kept quiet on what I think of them. I, I kind of think they're shysters, actually. They really? Yeah. That's interesting. Fair enough. Why is that? Uh, it's probably just my scepticism. It probably plays a big part in it. Um, 
I don't know, something about when I see them interviewed, the way they are so rigidly sticking to a certain version of the events, it seems. And I, I've seen little times where they've contradicted themselves. And I know some people forget things and misremember or misquote things or whatever, but uh, some of it just seems like they're trying to maintain the image of the Warrens as the brand rather than... Mm. But, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a natural skeptic, so of course, of course... But are you are you thinking? Are you skeptical of the whole thing, or do, are you just skeptical of them as a couple? Um, of the of the whole thing, because I don't, as I said on other ones, I don't believe in ghosts mm. because to uh, believe in ghosts would mean that I had a faith. Surely, a, a, a ghost is the afterlife. It's to me, if you believe in ghosts, you must must have some sort of faith. Which, uh, as I said on the show, I don't. Um, but what about your experiences that you've had at your mum's house? That's interesting, actually. I do. We do have a ghost stories episode in the works, and I think I'll revisit on that because I've had a few interesting experiences within the last year, uh, which I've been saving for that. So that's a little teaser. That'll probably be the first episode we put out in 2020. So mm. I know we said we'd do it before Christmas, but we're running out of time. 2020, the first episode back will be this ghost stories episode, and I've got some interesting tales of my own for that Mm. so we'll come back to that but yeah i'm glad you brought it up so that's what we think uh i've got some messages from listeners regarding the warren's coverage here nice um just a few Uh, i did put a little shout out on social media a couple of days ago and we had a couple of people respond to that so i thought um I'd, i'd quickly read some of those so uh a message from someone who is destined to never be listener of the week do you know who i'm talking about guys Anthony Anderson. Yeah. Uh, He said on Twitter, I'm very skeptical about them, uh, although the cases have been very interesting. I did like the Amityville story best, I think, uh, but I also enjoyed the film. I'm not sure about Annabelle. That one seems too hard to believe. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the the doll stuff is... uh, The whole thing about haunted objects is is bizarre, even for me, even for someone Mm. that's seen spiritual activity and experienced it firsthand i still find that i don't i don't know why they would choose to do that that sounds yeah, and weird habit. i think it's something i think we said about it when we did the annabelle one but it might be quite interesting to to delve into that a bit more on a on a full episode of weird tales just look at mm. haunted objects and, and what that's about yeah um, well, a couple more here this is uh john eikin uh, this is on our Facebook page. Some of my favorite episodes for sure uh, are the Warrens ones. I love learning about the cases and how closely the movies follow the events. I can't say if I think the events are legitimate or not, but I think they definitely believe they're helping. I can't wait for the next episode. So this is the one. I hope you enjoy it, John. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I don't know how legitimate they are, but I think they believe they're helping. Okay, yeah. That's kind of what you said in your final thoughts, actually, Tiss. Like, yeah, as long as yeah. they believe what they're doing is good, then that's mainly what, what counts. Yeah. If if anything, you've got to look at it and think, the trend is that people get in touch with the Warrens, and strange shit happens, people get in touch with them, they dick around a bit, and then put them in touch with an exorcist who sorts it out, and then it's finished. Mm-hmm. And... If that's resolved and people are able to live peacefully, then that's then they have effectively done, you know, some good. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I think I think Tiz is right. You know, it's not. I think their intentions are well-meaning. Just I th- yeah, maybe they're a bit weird. I got one more response here. This is from Jeff Armstrong. Uh, I love learning more and more about Ed and Lorraine. The Amityville case is by far my favorite because I grew up reading the book, seeing all the movies, learning stuff about it. Most of the movies suck, but that one's still my favorite case. I'm glad you guys have got to talk about them as much as you have on those great episodes. So yeah. Sweet. Again, a lot of, lot of people enjoy the Warrens. Us, the, the way that we've methodically gone through the major cases and sort of delved into them as people, I think people have really responded to that. Mm, sweet. Uh, and I think that's it, unless you guys have any any final comments on the Warrens or the cases. No. No, not particularly. It's it's been it's been really fun looking into all this stuff. Uh and I think it's yeah, it's been interesting to see some of the parallels and then occasionally get something which is very different. I like mm-hmm. the werewolf one and uh yeah, no, it's been it's been fun. It's been good. I can't believe it's actually done. I can't, it felt like never ending. I had this weight on my shoulder of these Warren's episodes. People, whenever I said, what do people want to listen to? Whenever I put out sort of polls or stuff on Twitter, people were always like more Warren's and now they can't do it. It's done. I'm not ever doing any more Warren's guys. Now I've already, I've already got people who want me to follow up my church conspiracies one. You know, I did the conspiracies of the Bible. Yeah, uh, ages yeah. ago, and I said at the time, "Oh, I th- I've got a few episodes in mind for this. It'll be like a series." I've already got people sort of. Now you can carry on with that one. I'm like, oh no, well, I'll start <laughs> another series. Not another series. Yeah, I think that'll only be two more episodes on the church stuff. Um, I've got two episodes in mind. Do a couple of one-offs, and then. Oh yeah, I'm not going to delve straight into the church stuff. Delve, delve back into another Warren. I've I actually had so many ideas for episodes recently, so. I'm excited to look into a few other things. Sweet. So yeah, there we go. Um, that's the f- the finale of the the Warrens coverage. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, listener of the week this week, we're going to give it to um, guys. Do you remember this week we had an email from a listener? I yeah, do I remember this. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking to, talking about? We've had a few emails recently, but this one in particular. Um, so John Higgins in Southern California. Listener of the week. Listener of the week, thanks to your girlfriend, Michelle, who sent us a really nice email. Uh, She requested that we made you Listener of the Week uh, because you're a long-time listener. You've turned loads of people onto the show, including her and other people, and she promises that you'll continue spreading the word over there in uh, Southern California. So do that. Get us more listeners. That's the way to make Listener of the Week. Uh, John Higgins, thanks for spreading the word and Listener of the Week. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, John. Thanks, bro. Don't get lazy though. Keep keep getting listeners for us. You know, just because yeah, you you've have, been made listener of the week. You may have hit week. your peak. You may have got what you wanted uh, with listener of the week, but don't stop spreading the word. Uh, and and thank your girlfriend for letting us know about you. So thanks, John, and thanks, Michelle. Uh, let's make them join us another the week. Absolutely, it's always nice to get the good emails to counterbalance the crappy ones. We've actually had some really nice reviews in the last week. I think for our bitching on the last episode of our bad reviews, we had some really nice reviews um, mm. in the last since the last episode in the last few weeks. Um, let's do a push. If you want to send us a Christmas present, everyone, 
There's a donate button on the website. But there's also, uh, you can also for free go and give us a uh, rating and review. That would be the best Christmas present. Let's let's boost these numbers up because we've had some real stinky reviews in the second half of this year. It's, it's because we're on Spotify now. We've got a load of new listeners. They maybe haven't been around for as long. They don't get the vibe of the show so much. And um, they're leaving stinky reviews. It happened when we first started, didn't it? Yeah. It's like when we first started, we were nobodies and then we got kind of got big enough that we had loads of nice reviews and now we sort of hit a wave where we've got slightly bigger than that and then we've got loads of new listeners and they don't like us. So we need to get... I think now it's all downhill. The bigger we get, the worse the people hate us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, balance it out. Send us some nice reviews. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, finally, no marriage of the week this week, but there has been a baby of the week. I think okay. I know where you're going with this. Uh, good friends, uh, Haley and Brad, who have actually been on the show. Uh, the Halloween campfire episodes, which are always popular. Uh, they were hosted at their house in their fields around the campfire. Um, Haley and Brad have had their second child. have had a daughter. Uh, so congrats, guys, from all of us at Weird Tales. Congratulations. Congrats. Um, I love doing this like it's, <laughs> marriage, baby, engagement. It's of the so week. weird. It's lifestyle Can things. You, could you imagine if we'd have been doing this for the last four years? <laughs> like, oh, we need another baby, guys. <laughs> yeah, come on, for the good of the show. Yeah, so baby of the week. Uh, the new, the new baby van. <laughs> baby van. Baby of the week. <laughs> Stop making some new jingles. <laughs> Uh, so quickly then if you uh, want to watch the videos of these interviews of um, Ed not letting Lorraine talk or the chairs moving around or any of the stuff we talked about this week uh, all links to all that stuff is on the blog weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com there's a blog post for every episode on the website you can also find links to our social media accounts uh, Facebook, Twitter pages for us our personal Twitter accounts Uh, you can also buy merch you can also, uh, I actually bought some new work, merch. There was a good Black Friday sale. So if any of you got in on that, well done. Uh, by the time you listen to this, you've missed it. You can buy merch on there. You can donate to the show. Uh, all those good things go on the website and you can do that. You can also contact us on the website or contact us directly at unexplainableuk at mail.com. There we go. Done. Done. Boom. Finished the end of the Warrens. That means I get to say it one final time. Go on. Until next time. <laughs> Not that for a while. No. Warren, you're glad you listened. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it gets better every time. We did have a, a message recently from someone saying they missed the bad puns, but it's tiring to come up with, isn't it? Uh, it's, we've done so many. We started yeah. with such enthusiasm about it all. Yeah. And then just realised how quickly the puns dried up. If anything, I'm going to be glad. I'm glad that the Warrens are done. This is like a little epilogue. This could put us after the music. If anything, I'm sort of glad that the Warrens are done now because these episodes are so... Um, one-way traffic by the end of it it's yeah. like i have a sore throat i have it's like i've been telling a story for an hour and a half yeah um, and yeah, there's, there's so not much, much discussion involved it's just um yeah you relaying information and us kind yeah. of giving our thoughts on it which is fine 
But it's like the opposite to my murder episode where it's like, you know, 90% discussion. Let's talk about this. All those yeah. sort of ones. This is just like, I get to talk forever and now I'm so tired and my throat hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get ones yeah. like that every now and then though, don't you? Where you just, there's only one way of doing it. Yeah. It's like your um, moon landing one. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of information to put across. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was tired after that one. Yeah. But then whenever I do those ones, I always think I've been talking too much. Listeners are going to hate this. And all those episodes are always really popular. So it's just different types of episodes we do. Like the moon landing one was really, really popular. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Um, I know we're after the outro music now, but listeners, there's going to be one final episode this year. So uh, enjoy it. Tiss is already underway with it, aren't you, Tiss? I'm already underway. Looking no, forward to it, no mate. Clues. <laughs> it's going to be That's banging. It. I think I already know what it is. If you put it, if it's the one you put it in the chat, uh, it might be. I might change. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll see. All right, one more episode, and then a little break. And we'll come back 2020 with ghost stories, and then we'll make a plan going forward. Yep, Excellent sounds good. More. Um, so we're- that's, that's the end of the episode I, I feel like we just keep adding stuff to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> get that Grinch out of here ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 